Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Tuesday, November 13, 2012. Today, you'll find us in the Big Book, Chapter 5, on page 62, the second full paragraph, beginning with, So Our Troubles We Think. And today's readers are Kim, Deb W., Marsha, Paula, and the share code for yesterday's meeting is 3315. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Susan to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Leah. Vision for You. This is Susan, compulsive overeater in Florida. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, pray only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive ovaries and to practice His principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you. I will now call on Katie to read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Katie, a compulsive overeater in Virginia. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, 
finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, OREARS Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the Big Book, Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 62, second full paragraph, beginning with, So Our Troubles, We Think. And I will ask Kim to begin reading. Thanks, Leah. So Our Troubles, We Think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will and riot, though we usually don't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes this possible. And there often seems no way of getting entirely rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ken Lola, recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Man, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty on this. And uh, I remember listening years ago to an AA tape, and the speaker said, I've got great news. No, 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 I have fabulous news. No, 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 I had the best news to tell you. And that news was, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You don't understand. I'm the oldest of my children. There's so much pressure on me. And the person next to me would say, you don't understand. I'm the youngest of the children in my family. Everyone doesn't respect me. You know, no, 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 my, my parents, they ignore me, and I'm always left alone. No, 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 my parents, they smother me, and they're always around, and they never leave me alone for that reason. You know, we all have these dramas around in our life. We have all these reasons that the outside world 
isn't arranged the way we want it to, and that's why we have our problems. But here's the answer. So our problems, we think, are basically of our own making. You know, so I spent my life rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic and wondered why I was miserable. You know, but this is good news. This is good news because, you know what, I'll never be able to rearrange those chairs to make myself happy. My mother never could have been perfect enough for me to feel safe. My siblings never could have behaved well enough to make me feel like I was in control. You know, my boss can't fulfill all those unrealistic expectations. So if I can work on self, if I can work on myself, if I can ask God in to that equation and say, God, I do not know. I have no idea what's going to make me happy. I have no idea what's going to bring me peace. I am turning my life and my will over to you. Do with me as thou wilt. And then I will, be, I, I will experience a life beyond my comprehension. So I've got great news for everyone on this line. I've got fabulous news for everyone on this line. I've got the best news for everyone on this line. And that is, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Hi, this is Katie, a compulsive reader of Virginia. <laughs> yes, Katie. Could you please? Um, yeah, I. We're on the third paragraph on page 62, which begins with, so our troubles we think are basically of our own making. Um, <clears throat> okay, I um, I kept trying to figure out the one thing that was causing me to eat. And as we have um, now studied so laboriously through um, the first 61 pages plus the Roman numerals of this book, there isn't one thing that makes me overeat. The one thing is the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. So I can, you know, make everyone uh, do whatever I want or I can rearrange my life however I want. But those two things are still there. And um, the good news is, is that God will restore me to sanity. He will restore me back to getting on this path of a life that he intended for me all along. And I got off that path. Um, you know, I was all over the place when I was in disease and even in these rooms looking for the one thing that would make me happy. And, you know, it's just not going to happen. I had to put down the food and pick up the spiritual tools that are outlined in this book. And once I did that, then everything changed and I no longer was chasing after my ideas instead I'm chasing after what God wants for me and you know I have to say that yesterday I could not be on this meeting because um I just couldn't and um so I listened to it later in the day and it's like you know we are really raising the bar on um you know there's just no uh um dry drunks in these rooms. We are really seeking to elevate our lives to be all that God wants us to be. And, you know, if you stick with this, um, it really is a wonderful ride. And it has nothing to do with me um, trying to figure it all out on my own. I figure it all out 
um, by reaching out to my fellows and by asking God for the next right thing to do. Let that all pass. Thank you very much, Katie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice, your turn. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. Well, that perhaps is the good news, but then it means I have to take some responsibility here. I have to recognize that this is true for me. You know, this portion of the big book, once again, is giving me the opportunity to identify in, to identify in. And sometimes it's not such good information to take in, to realize, to believe that if my troubles are basically of my own making, well, then what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? But it gives me such hope also. It says, God makes it possible for us to be rid of those things, for me to be rid of self-will run riot, for me to have some power back over those things that are basically of my own making. But that's not going to happen unless I ask for his aid and his help. It says, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. And yes, many of us, myself included, had a lot of moral and philosophical convictions and believed it wholeheartedly. But that didn't help me either. I could not reduce my self-centeredness by wishing or trying on my own power. Remember, we studied lack of power. That is our dilemma. Lack of power. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Because that's where we're at here. We're going to be given our marching orders. We're going to be given the way out. You know, these are the steps we took. These are the steps we took. And those steps are going to lead me to that place where God is at work in my life. Every day, one day at a time. First to stay abstinent. Because unless I put the food down, the rest of this is a moot point. Because my head won't be cleared enough to take this information in. But when that happens, we had to have God's help. We had to have God's help, it says. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Janice. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hello, this is Rose. Rose, go ahead. Monica. Thank you. Um, this is Rose, a uh, recovered compulsive overeater. And actually, Janice, um, um, she, 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 you, she just about said all my words here, so I'm just going to add a teeny bit for myself and my experience with um, this here. Um, I say amen to the troubles were all of my own making because they were and still would be if I continued to go that route. And um, the line here in this paragraph, though, that really jumps at me is that many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but I could never live up to any of them. I was a philosophy minor. Um, (laughs) 
gonna that I would teach philosophy at some point, and um, I was so far from any understanding of any aspect of life. Um, while I had my face full of, uh, you can imagine, all the um, stuff in the world, and I never did run into anything in my travels until I walked into my first OA meeting. And um, when I saw the steps, um, eventually, after going to meetings for a while, from the first step hitting me right in the gut, knowing I was powerless and having to admit and admitting my life was unmanageable, and then with a lot of trouble coming to believe that a power greater than myself would restore me to sanity if I asked him, and when I did, he put me on the road. Um, and then this one was was <laughs> the third step. Um, that 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 journey of admitting all my troubles up to today are my own doing is is truly the cornerstone. It doesn't need for me to say it because the book says it over and over again. But, um, again, like what was just said, without being abstinent, I don't have a chance at believing that I have to have God's help. And I don't have a chance at believing that God makes it possible for me to really hand over my life as it is today with all I've done with it, whether it be good or bad, but take the whole package I got, uh, first of all, because it belongs to him anyway, but secondly, or another firstly, is there's, there's no life without doing that. I mean, not only is there no abstinence for me, but there isn't any joy. And if I don't, I mean, yesterday I, I kind of, I got, I'm very enthusiastic about this meeting. I love this meeting. I love it. And the women I and people and everybody I've been listening to are literally my people. And um, I haven't learned how to balance myself out yet. So um, I'm coming at the third step again this morning saying, God, uh, teach me to weigh and measure my activities and my phone calls and receiving calls. And please give me the grace to discipline myself to sit my butt down and write my finish my fourth step. So it isn't like there isn't a lot to learn. And thank you, God. So, and thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, this is Anne Marie. Anne Marie. This is Paula. May I comment? Hi, it's Monica. Okay, Anne Marie, Paula, and Monica in that order. Just go right ahead. Anne Marie. Okay. Thanks, Leah. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. I could not understand that. I was a victim here. I could not understand how how this book, how these first 100 people would even admit that they had a problem. Never mind, I'm thinking this just in that my troubles are of my, my own making. I mean, I was a victim. I mean, I was... I was born with this disease. 
you know, and if it wasn't for, you know, um, me having this horrible, you, you, I would think that it was the worst thing in the world, you know, and, and knowing now today um, that I'm recovered, it's such a blessing that I have this because I've had to work through it and, I, and it's drawing me closer to God. But when I when it was first suggested that I was selfish, and that was from a recovered sponsor who knew me, I think it was maybe on my second or third phone call with her back a few years ago, and she said that I was selfish. I was I I, I wanted to stop. I got angry, and and thought she doesn't even know. Me. She didn't even know who I was. I mean, I helped everyone. Everyone loved me. Everyone knew that I was such a wonderful person and I always helped other people. You know, how could she even think that I was selfish? And, and um, you know, in uh, that self-will run riot, um, usually don't think so. Well, when I read that, I thought, well, yeah, I guess um, I am like them maybe. You know, and then there's directions and promises throughout this book. And the next sentence I see as a very clear instruction. Above everything else, we must be rid of this selfishness, you know. And um, and then God makes that possible a promise. You know, he, he made it possible for these other people. But I learned that I wasn't, you know, that, yeah, I had this problem, um, a disease. It's, you know, I, I learned that it was a disease. I was very uh, relieved when the first time I walked into an OA meeting. And I heard other people sharing things that they did with food and how they ate that I would thought I would never share with anyone else. And I thought, I am not the only one. You know, I'm not alone with this. You know, and that was my first, first hope. But as I, you know, as I trudge along with all of you, I get more and more hope because I see that, God has made that possible for other people. He can, you know, he made it possible for me. And he can make it possible for anyone who follows the directions in this book. And that's what these, the first 100 keep saying. Follow the directions in this book and it will happen for you. And how arrogant I was of myself to think that God wouldn't do this for me. You know, that's where she was pointing out that I was selfish or self-centered. Who do I think I was, that I was the only one that God wasn't going to take care of? You know, even in that is selfishness. And that took me quite a long time to see that. Thanks. Thank you. Paula. This is Paula. Yes, Paula. I'm sorry. I didn't know whether I heard in that intern of unmuting. You know, I, I'm looking, and I'm going to follow right along with Anne-Marie, and I'm going to come down to above everything. Now, there's nothing left. Above everything. What do you want to put above everything? There is nothing left. We alcoholics, and it uses this word, must be rid of this selfishness. As it's been described, I don't know where your selfishness is in your life. Your self-centered, your delusion, your self-seeking, yourself. I don't know where it is in your life. I know where it was in mine. But it said it must be rid. Must, in, then in looking that up, it's a verb, honey. It's a verb. Expressing obligation or necessity. It has to be this way. 
we must, and look at reinforcing that word again, the necessity of this, or it kills us. Now, don't you think those are strong words? Kills us? Wow, that's really strong. Oh, honey, in every way. In every way, it will kill you. Your relationship. Who do you think you're going to put first? Always. A child? Oh, no. An elderly parent? No. Who are you going to put first? Always. And that's it. That's what kills the very day that you live, or you so think you live, your life as it is. Slowly, perhaps, taking away bit by bit, yes, but it will never get back. But this is the glory. I love this part. That is the explanation points. But look what it says. God makes that possible. Not Paula. Not Paula. Not even a sponsor. A sponsor is there to guide and direct. And here we have the big book. But God makes that possible. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Now, Monica, please. Hello, this is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater calling you from Israel. And when I first uh, read this paragraph, to tell you the truth, I didn't have a clue what they were talking about here. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. And they talk about self-will run riot and selfishness. I didn't have a clue. What are they talking about here? Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore. Oh, yeah, for you and everybody else. But when it came to me, I didn't, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. I couldn't live up to them for myself. But I sure could tell you how to do it. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. So if you're new and you're just coming here and this is the first time you're hearing this stuff, don't let this stuff scare you here because the big book is going to show us and show you as it showed me when I got to the fourth step writing what they were talking about here. When with God's help, Definitely God's help. Help me to see where I was selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. And like I said, when I first looked at this stuff, I had no clue what they were talking about. Today, I do, as a result of going through this work. So keep reading and listening, and um, when you get to that fourth step, do that writing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to focus in on these two first sentences here. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. A little bit of bad news, (laughs) even though, you know, in the end, it it really is great news, as was stated before. But basically what it's telling me is, you know, I'm the architect of my own misery. I authored this life of mine uh, that had deteriorated, you know, in every facet of of my existence, Um, you know. And and all action is born in thought. All action is born in thought. So if my life is in shambles, you know, uh, due to unmanageability. Um, 
it's because my thinking is is twisted. My thinking is distorted because, you know, all action is born in thought. So no wonder, you know, no wonder wherever I went, there I was. You know, there was no, there was no geographical cure because everywhere I went, there I was. Um, you know, I had met the enemy by this point, and the enemy was me. It was a war against myself. It was only expressed through uh, the the bakery boxes and the cellophane bags. That was only a symbol, a symbol of the fight that was going on, the war between my ears. I was seeing things only from my twisted perspective, from my limited vision, because anyone else's perspective was either wrong or irrelevant, and my perspective was the only perspective that counted, and my thoughts were the only thoughts that were correct, and my emotions were always justified, and my hurts were always legitimate hurts, and only my innocent actions could be interpreted as innocent. Um, So, you know, the world revolved around me. So what the big book is teaching me here is that my main problem rests in my mind, not my intellect, but my values, my beliefs, my ideas. I had to be spiritually wakened up, you know, to the spirit that that lived inside of me and, and to the spirit that is my life. But I could not do that. It says, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. So even after I realized I needed to have a God-centered existence, that was not going to be possible for me by wishing or trying on my own power. It was not going to happen that way. I could not transcend the intellect with using my intellect. I was going to have to be transformed by taking a spiritual journey, and that spiritual journey is possible through these very steps. Steps one, two, and three put me in relation, right relationship with God, meaning there is a God and I'm not it. Steps four, five, six, and seven are going to put me in right relationship with my mind because it's going to allow me in the process to examine that twisted thinking and twisted behavior that emanates from that thinking. And, of course, steps eight and nine are going to be put me in right relationship with other people. And through that process of the steps, the action steps, specifically steps four through nine, I'm going to be transformed from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. And with that, I pass. Anyone else before we move on to the next paragraph? Okay, then we will move on to the next paragraph with Deb W., please. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Deb W. from Michigan. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter, in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. Um, this is just absolutely awesome. The the word that just comes, you know, jumping off the page to me with this particular paragraph, um, because this pretty much encapsulates it all for us. Um, 
this is the how and why of it. We had to quit playing God. I had to get to this place of willingness of realizing that, um, as Leah just said, um, there is a God and I'm not it. <laughs> I was the center of my own universe, and everybody around me were, were my agents, and I expected everybody to fall into line. But when I came to realize that I needed to clean house, I needed to look at my part, I needed to um, come to this point of realization that um, I am not God, I had to humble myself and accept that truth, that fact that I am not it. Um, Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. That is freedom. Because when I tried running the show, it wasn't working for me because nobody would fall into line. For as much as I wanted to be the big boss, it wasn't working for me. And so what did I do? I wound up going to the food to satiate my feelings of frustration and anger and everything else. But it's so awesome because he is the principal, we are his agents, he is the father, and we are his children. I can run to him. When life doesn't go my way or when I don't think things are matching up the way I want them to match up, I can run to him and bring it to him. And he can then, I can humble myself before him and say, help me, you know, change this 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 way of thinking because it's always going to be there. That monkey chatter is always going to be there. Um, but I have a source that I can trust, rely, and depend upon, and that is God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Deb. Anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Good morning. It's Margaret. Margaret. Good morning, uh, Leah. Good morning. This is Margaret, recovered from South Jersey. I just love this first sentence. This is the hell and the why of it. First of all, we had to click, quit playing God. You know, in the next little sentence, because it didn't work, because if it worked, believe me, I'd still be out there playing God. It just doesn't work. And I wanted to go back to uh, Bill's story on page nine. I love this sentence. It says, I wondered how he had escaped. You know, and that's really what this is all about, escaping from my mind. And, you know, so Bill's wondering how he had escaped. And then, uh, you know, on page 12, he sees that... uh, that Ebby was reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots had grass and new soil. And this is how. So now they're giving us specific directions on how to, on how to escape, you know, how to escape. And, um, you know, we, I just had to quit playing God. And it was really as simple, that, as simple as that when I really allowed it to be just because it didn't work. And, uh, you know, of course, then the directions come on what to do, you know, and, uh, oh, my gosh, we're so fortunate with this with this book and this meeting. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, your turn. Good morning, everyone. Again, it's Kim. Well, you know, one of the things I like is, you know, the big book is a not, is not a novel to be read, but a textbook to be studied. And when we study this, when we really go through this, it's very uncomfortable. I get a little bit squeamish when I read this. Wait a minute, you're telling me this is me? I have to quit playing God? i got to now make God the director? You know, it gets uncomfortable. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's a good thing when we get disturbed. 
you know, I love this saying, many good ideas are simple. You know, when Bill saw Dr. Bob for the last time before he passed away, Bob said to him, you know what, Bill, we've got to keep this thing simple lest we laugh it up. You know, and that was my problem for many years in OA. I mean, AA has wonderful literature. OA has some wonderful literature. But the only literature, the only book that has the instructions of how to recover is the state book. And what I did was I tried to use the AA 12 and 12, the OA 12 and 12. Let me read Living Sober. Let me read these things, and I'm going to use that as the instructions. You know, I remember buying this book one time said, The Gentle Path Through the Twelve Steps. Well, i got to tell you, the Twelve Steps are not gentle. They're not gentle. They are down and dirty, and we got to get in there. So most good ideas are simple, but we have to work it. And that's why this book is so important, because it's okay to be disturbed. It's great to be disturbed. Part of being disturbed was, first of all, I had to quit playing God. And I tried to play God because I thought I could rewrite the big book. I got a better way of doing this. I'll tell you where it got me. It always got me back in the food. And I had to be humble enough to know that and stop trying to rewrite the big book to quit playing God and simply walk through this book and do the instructions as I was told to do according to the first 164 pages. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice, your turn. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Leah. This is the how and why of it. This is the how and why of it, they say. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. It didn't work. And if I am truly at this point, then I've made some conclusions. I've looked at my life. I've looked at my life and realized that when I was trying to run the show, it didn't work. It didn't work. And if I looked at my compulsive overeating, time and time and time again, trying to quit compulsive overeating and being unable to, You know, I can see because today I'm abstinent. And as I've been working these steps, I'm abstinent. And I can say to myself, oh, my God, I've never been able to do this before. Something is already at work. Something is already at work. I've tapped into a power. I've tapped into a source that's going to give me just what I needed all along. And it says here in this drama of life, And let me tell you, life continues to be a drama just because we get into recovery, just because we stay abstinent and work the 12 steps doesn't mean that the drama of life doesn't continue. You know, life may be difficult. Life may have challenges. Life may be full of things that I would prefer not to face. But the suffering part is optional when I tap into this power source. And it works. It works. It's a good idea, and it's simple, they say. It's a simple idea, but it's going to become the cornerstone. It's going to become the whole foundation of everything else I do in this program. To remember always that God is going to be the power source. You know, he's going to be the principal power source. But when I tap into that power source, I am given exactly what I need, exactly what I need. You know, with that power source and my will now transformed, everything is possible. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you so much. Anyone else want to come in on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Yes, Paula. Monica? You know, I love this because uh, this is Paula Recovered Compulsive Reader. Because there's no wiggle room here. The how and why of it. Okay? And then it says clearly, first of all, and then we're going to move right on to next. Next, we decided this, that hereafter in this drama of life. And we all have them. Because that's life. Nothing but. But I love what he, how he reinforces, as he did before with the word must, twice. God was going to be our director. You got it? Oh, wait. You might have missed that one. Let me throw in another one here. Maybe it'll be a little clearer. He is the principal. We are his agents. You still missed it. Look again. He is the father, and we are his children. Now look at those ideas, and it says clearly, most good ideas are simple. And truly, that's what I needed. Simple, something simple, but reinforced over and over again. And that part, the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we passed to freedom. With that, I will pass. Thank you for allowing Thank me to you. share. Thank you, Paula. It's Irini. I heard Monica and then Irini. Thank you, Leah. This is Monica again, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. So this is a step one. You know, it didn't work. We've been studying the big book through here, and we've learned about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. So I've, I've made some conclusions here that, you know, my way just is not working. So I have to quit trying my way and try something different. Well, step one. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. So again, with the studying I'm doing, I've, you know, I've realized I am powerless in step one. And with my reading and everything, I've come to believe that I need a power that's greater than me. And that's step two. So now we're at step three. And step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So here I am at the big book here, and I'm coming to step three. And it's telling me here, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agent. He is the father. We are his children. Now, honestly, when I got to this point in my work through the steps, I wasn't too clear of understanding what all of this meant. But I did know I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I needed a greater power than myself. And so at this point, I was willing to make a decision and take step three and turn it over to God on my level at that time of what God was. And... And this is the simple idea that I, you know, I give it over to God. This is the keystone. This is the piece that holds it all together. And with that, we can pass through the freedom. And that has been my experience. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Irini, please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, gratefully recovered compulsive eater. Thank you, God. He is the Father, and we are his children. The question is, who created me? 
Well, I certainly didn't create myself. So how can I play God? I believe that my breath is a gift from God. Therefore, I was created to know, love, and depend on my creator. To be guided and obeyed by my father as a child to a parent and not just run off and do my own thing. I finally realized why I always felt empty. I was always searching for something to fill me. You know, I was I was just disconnected. I felt incomplete. I wasn't connected to God. Even though God was there for me my whole life, I never reached out to grab his hand and get connected. It's that connection. It's what makes that spiritual growth. It's um, having that intimate relationship with him. This is why I felt so empty, because of this separation that was meant to never, ever happen. Because it it was meant in in the very core of our being to know him intimately. Without him, I am incomplete. I am empty. I am restless, irritable, and discontent. I always thought I would be complete with the right career, a husband, you know, I would meet my other half and be complete. And then the children, I wasn't getting filled. Then shopping and eating and all these other behaviors surfaced. And still I felt empty and incomplete. Today the meaning of my life is that I need God with me because without him I am incomplete and therefore I cannot function. And... um I am so blessed that I know that I need God in my life to be complete, sane, and whole. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I just wanted to speak about this word decided. Um, you know, this this word decided, it, it represents a link between understanding what our problem is and the action. You know, we understand now what's going on, right? The big book has done a great job of uh, informing the reader of of the of our disease, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, and certainly this meeting has done a great job of uh, bringing those pages to life. But understanding about the illness alone and understanding about the solution alone is not enough. You have to act on that understanding. And to act, you first have to make a decision to act. I mean, any time we, you know, have a goal in mind, yes, we have to make a decision that we're going to pursue a particular career or pursue a particular uh, vacation plan or something like that. We have to make a decision. But more than that, we have to take action because a decision without an action that follows it is essentially worthless. The result is the same as if... I hadn't made the decision at all. You know, I can wear a parachute when I jump out of an airplane, you know, but if if I don't pull that cord, if I don't activate it, well, then I'm going to find myself uh, dead on the ground. So step three involves making a decision. I'm making a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of a higher power as I understand him. How am I going to do that? Well, steps four through nine are the actions necessary to carry that decision out. And it goes on here to say most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. This arch becomes a symbol of freedom, and it's a common theme in the book, uh, this arch. 
you know, where the keystone is surrender. I'm throwing myself, you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I can't, I'm killing myself with a fork and a, and a spoon. I, I, you know, no matter what remedy, no matter what method I use, um, I'm just digging myself deeper and deeper in, into the grave. You know, please, God, whoever you are, please, God, save me from me. Save me from myself. And we throw ourselves, we throw ourselves at the program. We don't have to intellectually understand it. We don't have to understand and comprehend all the nuances. It's just a surrender. It's saying death of self. You know, death of self. We throw ourselves. You know, so that keystone is the surrender. The, the foundation of this arch is willingness. I'm willing now. I'm willing to go to any length. Whatever that means, please guide me, direct me, teach me, show me the way out of this hell. Because every day it's getting increasingly hot. You know, so we, we throw ourselves, and of course, the cornerstone of this arch is belief. Can I be willing to believe, can I believe or be willing to believe that there is something out there will, that will save me from me? And, you know, because other recovered people wrote this book, can we believe that something saved them? You know, they've been restored. They're walking free as men and women on this planet after being chained to their alcoholism for decades. And now they walk free. Can I believe that that same power, power of my understanding, can do the same for me? And the answer is yes. And so with that, with that, we are building a personality change. This arch is representative of this structure that we're building, a personality change that is possible through the action steps that are laid out so clearly and precisely on these pages. And with that, I pass. And with that, let's move on to the next paragraph with Marsha, please. Good morning, everyone. I'm Marsha. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm grateful to be here. When we sincerely took a pos- such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is the outcome. This is the outcome of this. When we, when we go through this, when we follow what they've done, these are, these are the stories they made as they came to this point, to this outcome. When we sincerely took such a position, not if, when we took such a position, these remarkable things follow. That has been my experience. My life is so much more at peace. I, I could finally see how much easier it is when I just let go of the wheel and let my higher power take it and drive me wherever I'm supposed to be. Um, the last few paragraphs essentially just explain what the results of this discovery is. We were self-centered. The problems were of our own making. And... We had to let go. 
in order to take a whole, to have a whole new life, to have a whole new existence. And I needed to let go because what I was doing was absolutely not working. In my own little tiny mind, my own little little plans, my own designs, they they were not working. I had so many ideas about what I should be doing, how I should be doing it, and how other people should be doing, and what they should be saying and being, and and, and all this, but that. They were not within my control any more than than my food was. And when I worked through these steps and I got to the point where I could, could finally see what could happen if I finally let go and I finally let God direct my life and I finally let God direct my eating and, 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 and how I deal with people at work and how I deal with my family and how I deal with life's little dramas I am absolutely a new person. I am reborn. I am not the same person I was three, four years ago. And I am a completely different person than I was 20 years ago. I was an absolutely selfish, self-centered person. I was a liar, a cheater, a thief. But I'm none of those things anymore. I'm none of those things. And it's because I have turned my will and my life over to the care of God. And my life is infinitely better, even on my worst day, than it ever was on my best day when I was using food. I was killing myself. I was, it was a slow suicide. It was, I was digging my grave with my spoon. And thank God that I found this place. Thank God that... And I didn't even find it. God found it for me. God let, put the little stones in place for me to find so that, that I could be here. The little miracles that, that came along the way to help me find my way to OA and to help me find my way to recovery. And with that, I could not be more grateful. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we will certainly revisit this paragraph tomorrow. Thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Paula, would you please read for us? This is me, Paula. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.